Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? What's going on, man? Um, I'm, I'm barely alive. My wife has been out of town for like three days. The house is a mess. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm dead tired. Ben's running wild somewhere in the neighborhood. But uh, yeah, so hey, this is a nice break for me. Well, man, I hope that uh, talking about the Pirates doesn't stress you out even worse. We can't have that. <laughs> not not right now. Right. And joining the show this week is a good friend of mine, Ethan Smith. He runs Locked On Pirates on the Locked On Network, and he's pumping out, I believe, five shows a week right now because he's insane. How yes. are you doing, Ethan? <laughs> Uh, doing wonderful. Yes. Uh, pumping out five episodes a week and then jumping on other shows while also writing about the pirates too. So obviously I have a fun problem talking about the Pittsburgh pirates on a very daily basis. Uh, see that leads me right into another thing. I got to tell you all, I started a new Twitter handle because I am hopelessly addicted to Twitter and it's wonderful results when it comes to doing this stuff. So I created a new one at ITBB. If you follow that, it's the the website's Twitter handle, and it's basically where you can get articles from everybody that contributes to the site, including Ethan and uh, Michael from Four One Two Double Play Podcast is on there as well. Craig Toth, just a nice catch-all place for everybody. Please do that. Thank you all very much for subscribing to the show and, and rating us last week. Really happy to see a lot of that uptick. Keep doing that, please. That really helps. And uh, before we uh, fill the whole show with uh, slapping ourselves on the back and everything, let's get started. Let's do it. <laughs> we got an email from uh, a listener, uh, Chad Ruffner. He says, I was just curious if you think this will be Pittsburgh Pirate manager Derek Shelton's last season if the team doesn't show tangible improvement. And I thought this was a good place to start because, full disclosure, we have a poll question we're going to be talking about for most of this show. And this question ties right into why we wanted to ask it, Jim. Yeah, it does. What do you think, brother? Well, you know, it's funny because like everything, I overthink things. So, you know, I hear that question. I, 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 I focus on tangible improvement. Okay. And so we're going to get into record, uh, which is the poll question primarily. And um, I guess I look at it as tangible improvement, meaning solely record. Uh, or can that mean individual player improvement type situation because they don't always technically have to line up. It'd be, it, 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 you will think that it would, and it will to some degree. I would say that if the win loss record only increased a little bit, but you saw some real player development, um, let's just say they had injuries or something along the way that might have might might curb the wins, improving a decent amount. I could see that being the only way that he would still keep his job. I think though, if it 
it truly is just a disappointing year all the way around, I think he'd be gone. But I do want to leave that little bit of a window or door open that he might be able to still do it if there's enough individual improvement. That makes sense. Ethan, how about you, brother? Um, I agree with the little bit in terms of the wins, but like, there's like kind of something me and Gary have agreed upon now is even if Derek Shelton has a good year, but that good year is not because of the young guys, like if Carlos Santana, McCutcheon, Rich Hill, Velasquez, all the guys they brought in are the reason this team's winning games and there's a problem because then those guys are gone and that's when the free fall happens. And as far as the win total goes, I think the win total has to improve at least considerably. I mean, a little bit. I don't know what a little bit is for you, Jim, in terms of a number. But I, I mean, it has to at least be over 70, in my opinion, for him to at least be safe for his job because not too many people are going to be happy if he goes 65 and 98 and almost loses 100 games again for three straight years. Well, let me let me throw this part out at the uh, part at you guys. Then let's say it's only five games, and let's say the let's say those vets are actually the reason that it doesn't work any better. But you see some improvement with the young guys, you know, something like that, where that where that maybe be the situation. So I just want to leave that little bit of window open type situation. I mean, you can leave the room. I understand that from a fairness standpoint. To me, you send your coach out, your owner out, and your your general manager out, and they all are quoted on the record saying that everything needs to be about winning. There needs to be a change in direction now. It's time to show something's different. I'm sorry. Five wins ain't going to get it done, and I don't really care about the circumstances. He's got enough horses now that unless, uh, you know, the team bus crashed on the way to a stadium and half the team died, he better win. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. Like, the the, the attrition thing, yeah, there'd be a point, obviously, or a strategic player or two that could get hurt that I I might give him a grace period. O'Neal Cruz broke his fibula on on the second game of of the season. Okay, I get it. But, nah. (laughs) I think you need more than five wins this year. I think it's time for him to show what he can do with or without veterans. You know, it's time to show that you can tangibly improve these players. You can use rookies. I think they've struggled to onboard rookies so far to a certain degree. And um, I think you need to see one or two of them hit the ground running when they get called up. I'd like to see a lot of things play out this year. I don't think he could do much to save his job besides crack that 10-game improvement. Yeah, I mean, you, you make a compelling case. I mean, um, I, I, I certainly can understand why people do see it that way, for sure. He has stunk, too. I think, like, for instance, last year, let's, let's just be really, really callous about him because I think we've been overly fair. We've given him credit for basically being led around by a leash for, th- for three seasons. We've, we've gone ahead and put the blame on Ben Charrington for a lot of what he's done. But last year, you can't tell me anybody in that franchise thought that a one-game improvement was what they were going to get last year. So I, I personally put a lot of blame on Ben Charrington for not providing the pitching staff that they needed to actually get that 
I think they set them up for failure from the beginning with that pitching staff. But still, Derek Shelton didn't manage everything he had the way I think, Jim, you and I were even talking about. Things we'd like to see he could do with what he had last year, even just a general change in philosophy at the plate. Well, I mean, look, uh, the, the the David Bednar stuff to me was almost fireable type, you know, uh, managing at the time. And um, we still have yet to see the same David Bednar, by the way. Let's 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 yeah. see how that plays out. Well, so, hey, yeah, I mean, hey, there's plenty. Shout there's to, plenty. Uh, shout out to Dayon Kovacevic, who I just heard uh, on the North Shore Nine show this week talked about this a little bit and added some light that I never heard before. And then we'll take a quick break after I spill this out and then we'll get to the poll question. He, he says, uh, Ben Charrington was ticked off at, um, Shelton for that. Shelton couldn't. (laughs) And then the, the cam view thing, apparently Shelton couldn't get, couldn't even sleep the night after he did that. And came in and apologized to his whole bullpen to make it right and everything. Yeah, promised he never do it again. So there's been a couple bonehead moves last year that he already survived. I don't know that maybe we shouldn't give him a whole lot of credit for thinking that something insignificant like five games could be enough. But I, I do get where you're coming from because that is a fair way to look at it. You're right. Catas- catastrophe could happen, and then yeah, it's not on him, but. Still, I, I lean towards there has to be some kind of tangible improvement in win total, personally. But I Let's do agree with you, though, real quick. I do agree with you on the thing now about what you're saying about blaming it on Ben Sherrington. You can't really do that this year. <laughs> I mean, the sheer number of players that he has given him to work with this year, just number of players, not quality, number of players. I agree with you, Gary. There's no, There's no reason for it. I think that's when the tide switched this year. Yeah, if nothing else, he's he's holding two pairs of, of low cards. You know, like he's got enough to maybe win a hand if, if he plays it right. But he doesn't have a royal flush. So let's take a quick break, come back, let's talk about the poll question because it does tie right into this. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Pirates Fan Forum. Make sure you do that. And let's uh, get to the poll question this week because the participation was crazy. Tons of comments, tons of votes. Really, really, really happy with it. The question was, how improved will the Pirates be and why? Pretty simple question. I gave you four options. Zero games, five games, 10 games, 15 games or more. And the way it fell, uh, I don't know, kind of surprised me. Maybe didn't. (laughs) Zero games got 5.6% of the vote. I was happy to see that because as I read Facebook comments, I assumed it would be about 75. (laughs) Five games got 15.2%. Okay, I think that's the, uh, I'm going to be 
slightly positive that they'll be better this year, but I think they stink still. You know, they're basically like the the Cleveland Indian groundkeeper in major leagues saying <laughs> they're still shitty. And then 10 game improvement got 49.6% of the vote, the clear winner. Um, you know, and in today's democracy, 49% is the vast majority. And 15 games or more got 29.6%, which shocked me a little bit. So, Ethan, quick observations about that poll vote. What did you think? I feel like a lot of people fall in between 10 and 15, so they had to kind of choose one or the other based off of their own thoughts. Like, I feel like most people could see a 12 to 14 game improvement, so I feel like they fell right in the middle. They were like, okay, am I going down two games or up two games? That's probably fair. Jim, how about that's, you, brother? That's the best type of poll, though, where you really have to force someone to like, yeah. oh, I don't know. I don't want to do that, but I don't think it's this either. So uh, uh, kudos to Gary for that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think that um, – most people were probably where I'm at. I think it is around 10 games. I think 10 games is a lot. Um, that's a lot of improvement for a, a team that's been pretty, pretty god awful. So uh, that's where I was. That's where I voted. See, I haven't done official predictions yet, and but I think I'm going to land somewhere between 10 and 15. And so I voted for 10. I think that that's probably the closest to where I fall. So I'm I'm in the majority here of of this poll at least, and I I gotta say the only thing that surprised me really was the optimism, and and that's where you know this was a blind poll, because if I could see the name of everybody that voted in this poll, and everybody knew that I could see the name of everybody that voted in this poll, I guarantee five and fifteen would have been reversed. <laughs> I guarantee you, if everybody knew your name was put to this poll, that five game would be the one sitting around 30%. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's read some comments because I think these are awesome starters for conversation. I, re- I just really appreciate the, the input. We got a ton of comments, a ton of ton of votes, and uh, we got to just remember to keep, do these every once in a while, Gary. We get so carried away that, but yeah, right. this was great. This is great. So Pirate Rants, he says uh, he or she, I actually don't know. That's not a gender or person. Uh, says the Pirates <laughs> have a chance to win 72 to 75 games this year with the recent free agent additions and the plethora of talented prospects in the minors that will debut next season. And this let's team, just be, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let's just, let's just be clear. This isn't, this is a different pirate pirates rants. Oh yeah. This isn't, uh, this isn't yeah. uh, Looney tunes stuff. This is a different pirates rant. So let's, let's make sure we know, clarify yes, that. This isn't a future shore jaggy winner. <laughs> Phillies fan, you know? (laughs) Yes. Just to clarify. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, 72 to 75, that that's right in that 10 plus range. So, I mean, I'd have to say I'm, I, I agree. And I agree for a lot of these same reasons. I think they have a good backing of prospects that can come up here. I think, 
in many ways, some of us are going to have a hard time not rooting for some injuries at times, like just to get some fresh faces every once in a while, <laughs> you know, uh, it's going to be that kind of season. I think I, I can't really disagree with any of that. Anybody got any comments on that or I'll move on. No, I was just going to say just big picture as we talk about this is, and it's something that I do want to hold off on making any predictions till we get closer to the season. But as we dive into the NL Central, that will also play a part in this, right? How how strong is the division? How weak is it? What's the schedule looking like? So those are all factors, too, that I haven't dug into as much as I want to, to you know, to, to nail it down. It'll play into it. Um, and this is where this kind of blows actually the balanced schedule because, because of the balanced schedule, you don't get to play the NL central as much as, as normal. And the NL central sucks this year, I think. So like, I yeah. kind of wouldn't mind playing the NL central a little more, you know, I, I would prefer that as to playing the NL East, you know, extra games, but so be it. It is what it is. Uh, every team's going to have to deal with it, so so be it. Um, let's see. Doug Dougie Smith, who's uh, on his way down to Bradenton, he was on our show here a few weeks ago. If we do war math, which scares me right away, <laughs> he has three for first base, three for catcher, two. I'm not. I'm not sure the numbers that he got to read into this. This is directly from him. Two for whole outfield, two for for second base, then at least five for pitching, throw in five for hitting. He's confident about pitching because if we have a couple new free agents and a couple good call-ups, the league will need some time to figure them out. So he voted 15 or more. The math checks out. He does have the word optimist in his Twitter tag. So... I think he he definitely hit that mark. Doug I mean, adding up war is one thing. I'm not going to do that. But uh, what do you guys think of that? I mean, is that a good way to look at it, though, to add them up by position and, and see what you think they've added? No. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's oversimplifying it a little bit. I mean, I get, I get what he's doing. Is that um, a lot different than those steamer projections, really? Not really, no. Because it's just take it's just taking what they did war wise last year and making like a projection based off of the amount of games they'll play, and it's like oh okay well if he's a two point five war player, what was his average last year? Bump it up like point zero five, and then that will like kind of just lead into that. So I mean I get it, but also just one thing on that comment at the end, as far as the pitching prospects go, I think that's the other way around. I think the pitching prospects are going to have to acclimate themselves to the league, not the league acclimating themselves to them. I, I, I usually I mean, it works both ways. I think, like yeah. if you look at Luis Ortiz last year, I think he came out of nowhere, and the league had zero clue what to do with him. And then by his fourth game, they had seen a little bit of him, and an well, experienced St. Louis team took advantage of some things. Yeah, and, and the, the, the thing about the pitching is is like we may be seeing that later in the year with with the with the younger guys. It it probably has to carry over more on the offensive side with some of the younger guys. Um, you know, if you're looking for real improvement in the in the win column. 
I, I'm impressed by the number of ballsy comments we got. Like the the really, really optimistic ones actually commented and that, you know, honestly, kudos to you uh, in the in the environment that Twitter has become for people that are optimistic at all. I I, I give kudos to everybody that did. So Shappy here. Pirates contend and stay in wildcard contention until the end. Finish with 75 to 80 wins is his prediction. Ballsy. 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 The size of grapefruits. <laughs> I mean, well, like, I, hey, that's, you that's know, a, that's a that? big improvement. That's a big improvement. Whew. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can give, I'm not sure if I can go that high. You know, I, to me, if they got 75 wins, I, I'd be kind of like, how long are we extending Shelton for? So, well, yeah, I mean, and he does say wild card contention. So that leaves a little bit of wiggle room because, you know, depending on the strength of uh, competition around that time, there, there, you could still be three and a half, four and a half games out of the last wild card spot and not have all that great a record, quite, quite honestly. Here's a question for you, Ethan. We talked about this on your show a little bit. We talk about wild card contention, and, and it's good that, that Shappy brought that up. When we talk about wild card contention, you look around the, the National League. I don't see a wild card coming out of the NL Central. Do you? No. No. I mean, if you think about it, you've got, you know, the Mets or the Braves or the Phillies are going to win the East. Yeah. The Dodgers or the Padres are going to win the West. St. Louis or Milwaukee are going to win the Central. Probably St. Louis. I was going to say, based off of recent news, I don't know about Milwaukee. <laughs> eh, a dude being pissed off doesn't really change anything. It's not like Burns isn't going to pitch. Um, yeah. So I would say Milwaukee or St. Louis. And you look at that, there's your three winners. I can't see the losers of the AL East, the Braves or Phillies or Mets, two of those. I can't see two of them not being in it. And I can't see the Padres not being in it. So to me, that's, that's it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see one for the Central. You know, I think whoever wins that division might not even technically be the winner of the wild card if if they weren't in it for that. That it's a it's a really fair point is that you if you want to get into the postseason in the central, you're going to have to win the division. That's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; it would kind of be hilarious to see the Mets just completely implode um, after spending all that money. Which, ironically, we kind of cheer for the Padres a little bit because they are spending money and you, you want them to do well. But uh, yeah, I think it'd be a, I'd be shocked if, well, if it's not anybody, but just one team out of the central. Not only that, but muck the Fets is real brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really you know, the Padres don't, I mean, the Padres are kind of just there, right? Like you don't hate them. You don't love them. There's They've no always been that, that harmless Tony Gwynn team to me. Yeah, yeah, the Trevor Hoffman, Tony Gwynn type yeah, situation. They, were, they, they were for the longest time when I was growing up, they were the Lions. They had one of my favorite players on the team, 
but they were never a threat when they came to town. You literally just got to watch that great player. You almost got yep. to root for him because they were losing so bad. You know, like Barry Sanders, Tony Gwynn. Same exact situation to me. <laughs> just know? about. Just about. Yeah, man. Let's do Scott Nelson, huh? And then let's get Ethan to talk about this one because we're mowing through him today. Being all caffeined up and blowing past him. Uh, let's see. Scott Nelson says, so yeah, plus 15, full year cruise, real players who don't make you worse by playing. I mean, I get where he's coming from with that. With no van meters really this year. Things like Yoshi. Uh, pitching will be much better. Playing to win instead of evaluate. They'll be plus seven by who's not on the team. Plus bullpen. Can't trade Brian. He likes optimism. So, to be honest, Scott, Scott's been pretty realistic most of the time that I've been talking yeah. to him. Yeah, he doesn't go crazy. Yeah, so to, to see him this optimistic, he's at least buying what they're selling. I mean, Ethan, what do you think of, that, of everything he had to say there? The full year of cruise does change some things, doesn't it? It does indeed, yes. And I agree with the other things. The bullpen albeit the names might not be names that people like as Gary likes to call them, his Facebook commenters will see those names and be like, this bullpen has got awful, but you got some arms in there that are going to make some noise. And especially if they stay healthy, that could be a group that improves a lot. O'Neill Cruz having a full year is scary because I don't know how many times the word stat cast will be mentioned in the season <laughs> with O'Neill Cruz having 162 games to do stuff. But also just doing flat out math plus 15 games is meaning 77 wins or higher from last year's win total. I stick more in the 72 to 76 range, but 77 is something I could see happening if literally everything that he just said goes right. Like the bullpen takes a step up. O'Neill Cruz, like all of a sudden becomes an all-star. Like everything would have to go right for them to win 77 plus games. And as we know, that usually doesn't happen. Jim, we usually end up going, well, when you have this many ifs and there's this many things that have to happen, you probably better bet the under, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I can see where Scott's going. I actually, I thought Scott had one of the better comments, thought, thought he really did think it through. And he brings up a really good point, which is just by the addition by subtraction of the of the black holes that they had in that lineup at times, whether it be offensively or pitching, where they just were getting nothing, if not negative. So just taking that out of the equation – it, it is a huge factor. As you sit here and look at, at their projected opening day roster or lineup, which, you know, we're going to have a lineup show at some point too, Jim. We have a lot yeah. of things to do. We should probably have five shows one day just to <laughs> knock them all out. Ethan's putting us to shame. We'll see what DK, yeah, we'll see what DK thinks of that. He might, he might have something others to say. <laughs> but the, uh, when you look at it, Hedges is really the only hole. And, I can't sit here and tell you that he's not valuable either. Everybody is telling me what, what's happening down there, the way he's talking to the pitchers, the way they're taking to even the instruction he's given them and the way that he, he works with them. I'm, I'm going to probably just shut my mouth about his bat for a minute and appreciate what I think he could do for that pitching staff. So 
Okay, let's let's move on because we got something I think unprecedented. This might be more rare than than things Indiana Jones finds. Somebody that works for North Shore Nine left us a positive comment, meaning like positive win total prediction here. Kenny, who they just hired to do their newsletter, says he he marked ten, but he feels like it'll be around twelve to thirteen. Some good fortune's going to fall their way. Um, probably a bit better. Injuries and bad fortunes, probably a little worse. But he thinks it's moving in the right direction. So, t- so yeah, 12 to 13, that's probably right around where I'm going to fall. I-, I think I see a lot of the same kind of things. I think they'll probably have some bad luck. They'll probably have some good luck. I think they have more depth, and I think that's why I feel better about that kind of an improvement. I think they can weather some storms. Yeah, and I think injuries too. It depends on where they're at, right? I mean, if you're if you if you go through if you go through it on the pitching side of things, that 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 gets really rough. And then they tend to be lo- longer term injuries and things of that nature. That's different than position players missing some time. Yeah, like a pitcher. The problem I think that that most people don't really think about is you don't have to be somebody that like has Tommy John for it to to suck the life out of a staff you have somebody like mitch keller um stove a finger and he has to miss three four five starts somewhere in there because it takes a week for the finger to feel right it takes another week to get the arm back into motion it takes another week to tune up that finger and make sure that it's as strong as it needs to be and then maybe you get away with putting him right back into the rotation and not sending him to the minors for a couple tune-up starts. Every pitcher injury is magnified by weeks. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a domino effect too. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, it could be something as simple as an oblique for a pitcher or something like that. That shelves you for a, a month. You or know? ends so, your career, like bro. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, has he pitched since? I don't think he pitched last year. You know, so I mean, it, it's it's been it it can kill somebody, and it's it's nothing. Like it's just a, a oh, it's a muscle. Uh, well, that's six eight weeks for somebody. Sometimes that's how pitching staffs. You gotta have depth. That's why you may not like Dari Moretta or care about Dari Moretta, but there's going to be a point when you gotta have Dari Moretta. You may not care about Colin Selby, but there's going to be a time when Colin Holderman twists his ankle and you better have Colin Selby. You know what I mean? Like that, the depth is what's important here. The names that don't make it out of spring are almost as important as the names that do. That's, that's a really good point. Yes. You've got to be able to have arms that you can go grab um, through some rocky stretches of, of uh, when these types of things happen. And ultimately they will to some extent. So let's see, let's jump forward to another one here. This is from Russ Stewart. He says, seems to be a key factor for the better season this year would be seven less games played against central division foes, but it's only seven games. I'm guessing 10 games better. So he basically thinks the opposite of what I said about the not playing the NL central. And I mean, I guess like, you know, that direct competition, but 
for me, if you're not competing for the division, you're just competing for the wild card. That doesn't matter as much to me. Yeah. And I mean, you're getting games against the athletics and the angels and the Royals and teams that you would like normally never see for years on end. And ironically, a lot of those games for the pirates are at home and they don't have to really go on those long West coast stretches to go play teams like the athletics and stuff like that. So those kind of games are going to swing things too, because I think we could all agree here that the pirates roster is a little bit better than what the Oakland athletics have going on right now. First of all, let's, let's just say as a, as a sheer baseball fan to be able to go to the ballpark and get to see Mike Trout, Otani and Cruz all in one game. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sitting in the outfield. <laughs> I can tell you that much. It's going to be cool, man. I, I'm that looking is, forward to this. Cool. I actually really love the balance schedule. I'm looking forward to it. I just think it changes some things that maybe we haven't factored in, yeah. and it's stuff we need to think of. Let's take another quick break. We come back. Let's hit some more of these comments. This is this is fun. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum. We're going to keep going with our poll question responses here because I love this time, this type of baseball talk. Let's go with one from Fred. I've never heard of Fred. And he says, 10 games. Are these people smoking K2? <laughs> now, I think K2 might be more expensive than weed. So I'm not sure that that would be the case in a state where it's virtually legal. So... <laughs> Probably not, but I mean, I I don't think it's insane to go ten games. I really don't. Um, I understand why some people feel that way, but man, I I just can't get to that point. I really can't. What? Any thoughts on that? No. I, look, I mean, people certainly have the right to say, uh-uh, "I'm not. I'm not." I'm not giving them any credit until they go out and show it. Like, I'm not going to do that. So, uh, you know, if that's, if that's how you want to approach it and you don't want to get your hopes up or you just don't want to believe it until you see it fine by me, I get it. (laughs) I mean, here's, here's a creative one. His, his actual handle is Solomedo Cy Young, which a little premature and Brian Reynolds truther. So I'm not 100% sure what exactly the agenda is here, but let's go ahead and read the, the comment. I know who that is. Gary, Gary, that's that's uh, Matt. That's oh, Matt. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't say Matt anywhere to me. <laughs> it says hey, Solomita Cy Young and Matt, Brian Reynolds-Truther. We had him on just, uh, what, probably about a month ago, and he had a little technical difficulties. I, but, I uh, remember, yeah, yeah the parrot so, flying yeah. around. Yeah, and he changes his Twitter handle, so I don't know if he's, like, in the witness protection program or something, but, uh, like, that mustache, that mustache might have been fake. I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> so he says 72 and 77 wins is respectable, reasonable window for this team. You live and die in 162 by your pitching, so he's excited to see how Rwanzi Ortiz, Priester, and Burroughs can perform. If all those guys hit, he can easily see 15 plus. 
But if nobody takes a step forward, I see another 2022. There's a lot to unpack there. First of all, I think um, it's a dream to think all of those pitchers would have much to do with that improvement. Because if they don't get some wins out of the guys that are here, they will not be in a position to have those guys come in and take over without them emptying this team out. They'll, they'll move everybody out of value by then if, if they haven't gotten some traction. And I don't see it being another 2022 just because uh, those guys wouldn't make it this year for, per se. First, I think you're dreaming if you think Priester is really going to play much this year. I think he's a cup of coffee guy at best. Um, not because of anything he'll do either. It's just where. Like, I just proposed today, like, they might have to think about trading JT Brubaker at some point just to make room in that rotation. <laughs> think about it. Yeah, pre- the priest, priest or priest or priest or probably, probably a little premature for my liking. Um, now, I am really curious about Ortiz, obviously, aren't we all? So, you know, what's going to happen there? How's he going to look? Where does he project that? You know, hopefully as a starter. But, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he may not be. So, um yeah, I mean, look, you, you have to have some horses. I hope we see the development on that side for sure. And it, isn't it a good conversation to have? Isn't it a great yeah. conversation to have, too? Like, it's a great problem to have. Like, oh, wow, where can we fit our number one pitching prospect? Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, like, when was the last time that the Pirates could legitimately have that question presented to them? Like, Dude, it's, definitely, be, it's definitely nice. It, it changes the game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, normally it would be, oh, this guy's going to be up here in July after service time manipulation, and he'll just slot right in as a number two or number three. Now it's like, oh, you're going to have to like play chess to get Quinn Priester a start this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Unless injuries happen, I, I think that's totally yep. the case. Let's keep here's, all this elbow structurally intact. Here's one from Nick Novinsky. Um says, did the Pirates make a few small tweaks to make the team more competitive? Sure. Did the rest of the division make big additions to compete for a World Series? Absolutely. The Cards and Cubs are going to give them some trouble. They'll sit at fourth or fifth in the standings. 80 wins, Max. 80 wins is going to get you better than fourth or fifth in this division this year. Guarantee that. I just, I don't see it with the Cubs. What, what, what are people seeing in the Cubs? I, I, the I don't Cubs see it. A, the Cubs have a good starting nine and a decent rotation if everybody's healthy. Yeah, I mean. Um, I can't remember the last time that uh, any member of that rotation, as it currently sits, was healthy the whole year. <laughs> so I don't see it, and I don't see the prospects ready to come up and help them. I don't think they have the depth on their mound, and I think that's where they're going to fall flat. I do like some of their signings, but there's a lot of them that are risks. Bellinger is a risk. Um, you know, To a certain degree, Dansby Swanson was probably the least of those superstar shortstops out there, right? Um, 
I like him. Good player and everything. I think he'll do really well in Wrigley. I said from the beginning, Jim, I hate Jamison Tyon being there, and not because I can't stand seeing him in a Cubs uniform. I hate the ballpark for him. I think he's yeah. going to get destroyed at Wrigley. And and it's nothing against him. It's just I just I just remember him being more of a fly ball pitcher. You don't want to be a fly ball pitcher at Wrigley. You're no, and you know, yeah, and just uh, separating head from heart here. It's tough to you want him to do well, but he's a Cub now. It was always better rooting for him from afar, wasn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I guess there is a world with them where Patrick Wisdom takes the step and helps, but I, I just personally, I just don't see it with Chicago. Like if you you're asking me, that team built Patrick Wisdom will probably not touch the field. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you ask me personally, and they're obviously as biased to this, if you're asking me to take our starting five that we're going to have on opening day versus theirs, I'm taking Pittsburgh's just because of those health concerns. I think I'd probably take a couple of their outfielders, but I, I I guess I guess what I'm saying is I think our pitching stacks up with everybody in the division, uh, except for maybe uh, the Brewers. But I also don't think the Brewers can keep that together much more. And um, no, I, as a matter of fact, that you you know I, I think we're already seeing some of the writing on the wall there with the Brewers. So we we saw it last year. We just saw it. They're not going to be able to afford um, Burns. They're just not. So, I mean, there's more of that on the way for them. Yep. And I, I think we've been calling that for a while. And and really, if Yelich isn't going to be Yelich, they're in a lot of trouble offensively too. Oh, come on, Gary. So, describe it the way you described it to me. Do they get MVP Yelich or Al, my back hurts Yelich? Yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> if that's what it is, he's you know he's not good. I'm sorry, and that's that's not. He's my favorite player. Jim knows that, but you know that that contract is going to kill them for a minute, and that's all there is to it. And the Cardinals are the Cardinals. They swapped out you know a Hall of Famer for you know a young loudmouth. I hate him, <laughs> but. <laughs> But he, there's no denying he's a great catcher and a good hitter. So they haven't done anything to hurt themselves offensively. I still have some questions on the mound. I think they'll win this division. But, but I don't think the Pirates are gonna are destined to finish fourth or fifth in this division at all. I really don't. I think I got them pegged at third. I think that's where I'll stick. Well, thank goodness for the Reds because although, although they have some young, they have some, they have some young guns in their in their minor league system. So, Ellie um, David Cruz is probably, in my mind, one of the best players in minor league baseball. Right? Yeah, now. yeah. So, um, but 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 they've still got some things to figure out for sure. Yeah, they've got two, you know, kids leading their pitching staff, Green and Lodolo. You know, it's all going to flow through them if they if they're superstars in in year point seven five of their career. Okay, that's one thing. But if they're typical second year pitchers, yeah, they're not going nowhere. <laughs> you know, and I don't think they could hit their way out of a wet paper bag. I really don't. So I'm not all that concerned about the Reds this year. All in all, though, th- this poll went great. I really was pretty happy with the predictions. I think most people are pretty dead on. 
I think between 10 and 15 games is a reasonable expectation for this team and Derek Shelton. I think that's what we should probably be asking them for if we were to be a demanding fan base somewhere other than on Twitter and Facebook. Well, what will be interesting is is because we all we all say this, right? Which is spring training doesn't matter, the games don't matter, whatever. What would this look like at the end of spring if they have a really good spring or a really bad spring? You know, right. with uh, you know, and then I bet you it would switch, even though everyone says, "I know it's just spring training," but guaranteed it would switch, Gary. Ethan, here's something Jim and I talked about last night. We'll finish the show with this final question. We talked about this with this poll. Let's say they get this extension done with Brian Reynolds, all right, which I'm going to go ahead on record and say I think they're going to get done. But let's say they get that extension done with Brian Reynolds and we were to rerun this poll. It changes absolutely nothing for 2023. You were going to have Brian Reynolds here anyway. But if I reran this poll after they extended him, do you think that the projections would go up? Oh, and on the 15 or more department? Of course. Yeah. That's oh, what of I course. think, too. Of I just course. think it's human nature that people would be, be more positive about it. And there's, there's probably a certain amount of people that voted for the 10-game category because they think Brian's going to get dealt at the deadline. So uh, to me, that extension, I think it would it would swing the whole thing even more positive, probably. So well, maybe we're not looking at the team fairly to begin with. That's the beauty of uh, late February. Uh, we can all be positive. So yeah. we'll see so, how long it lasts. Hey, as you're listening to this podcast, the well, if, if you chose to listen to it in the morning, the very first game is happening here in a little bit. And if you're listening to this at night, the very first game already took place. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> but uh, come back every week for a new fan forum. And make sure you tune in to Ethan's show, Locked on Pirates. As I said, he's pumping out a lot of content and good stuff. As we follow the season, there's plenty of room for everybody that puts out a good podcast. Give them all a, a listen and a follow. Everybody's trying to do good stuff for you. And Hey, if you don't, we're gonna have them as guests here, and they'll be fresh to you. So either way, you're gonna you're gonna do can't it. escape it, right? Hey, so without, without further ado, let's go ahead and let Mister Ben take it away. Let's go, Cotton!